on today's episode of Diving In. Joanne and I, our method to our madness is we've just never stopped. And I think that that helps you not look at your neighbor or mm-hmm. like look or, you know, across the street or around the corner. It's like really focused on just doing our very freaking best every single day. Welcome to Diving In, a podcast aiming to explore the deeper themes behind the entertainment and content creation industries. I'm Leslie Mosier. And I'm Marissa Mullen. Let's dive in. If you've seen any of my cheese plates, you know I love clean lines, color coding, and organization. It might be because I'm a Virgo rising, but it does bring me so much peace. Our guests today are Clea and Joanna from The Home Edit, the OG queens of organization. I learned so much from them in this conversation, and Leslie, I know you have personal connection as well. I do. In 2018, I was emailed by a Nashville-based organization company who wanted to do a closet makeover for Doug the Pug. They were called the Home Edit, and I, of course, accepted because all of Doug's costumes were, at the time, in like these giant bins, and there was zero method to the madness whatsoever. Clea and Joanna themselves came over and truly transformed our life and our business with the closet that they made us. But the real magic came afterwards when we watched them absolutely blow up in the spotlight. These women are so badass, so driven, and so humble for all that they've accomplished. So let's dive in with the home edit. All right, everyone, welcome to Diving In. I am so excited to introduce our next guests. Um, I'll tell a little backstory before we get into who they are. Several years ago, I start emailing with this local Nashville organization company, and they were down to make Doug the Pug basically the closet of his dreams. And these two amazing women came over and totally transformed I mean, our life, our business, I don't know. It just like totally changed our whole Doug the Pug world. And they were the nicest people ever. And over the past few years, I have single-handedly watched or the world has watched them just absolutely dominate and have a number one Netflix show. I mean, I can't go into the container store without seeing their face everywhere. And I'm just so proud of them. Please welcome Clea Shearer and Joanna Teplin, the founders of The Home Edit, to Diving In. Hi, thank you for having us. us. Thank you so much for coming on. Faces, our dumb faces all over the place. It's just really (laughs) can't can't handle it myself. Cannot handle it. It's iconic. You guys literally have transformed the way that people view their bookshelves, their pantries, their closets. I mean, I know for a fact that I just recently organized my pantry with all of my cheese plate supplies in the rainbow order, and I feel so much calm inside. So thank you guys for what you do. Well, I'm glad about that. That is the intended effect, you know, just a little bit of calm in this very uncalm world. So right. Right. I mean, that's kind of how, you know, we set out just to have a calm day. That's like, we, we were just like, let's organize for our own sanity. Let's just help other people do it. So I'm, I'm glad that all, all in all that, you know, it's working for you. Yes, of course. So how diving in works, how we've been diving in in this podcast in the past few episodes is we basically start kind of surface level and then go into deeper themes within the content creation industry, the entertainment industry. There's a lot of, um, you know, different 
themes that don't really get touched upon a lot when people do interviews, for example, like the feeling of imposter syndrome or comparison or just these kind of more uh, harder topics to talk about. So we like to start surface level. And that being said, Leslie, you can kick it off with our on the surface question. Yes. Okay. Do you guys have any pets? And please tell us about them if you do. Ooh, well, yeah. I will let, so Joanna has a new addition. So I'm going to go with the old school uh, answer, which, because Joanna's a new dog uh, mama as of this week. So <gasps> yes. it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good time for this podcast. Oh, so the timing is perfect. I have a lot of questions for you guys later. We can take it offline. Yes. I don't know how to be a dog parent. So we can oh, talk I got about you. that later. I have been a dog parent my entire life. Even when I was a child in my parents' home, I was like, oh no, this is belongs to me. Um, so I have felt like I've been a dog parent since I was like three years old. Um, but my dog currently, Emmett, is 13. He is the love of my life. When I was going to be having children, every single person in my life was like, oh, just wait. He's going to be the bottom of the totem pole. Like once your kids come along, that is still not true. Okay. My (laughs) children are 10 and seven and Emmett still reigns supreme in my household. (laughs) Like, I mean, Emmett is, it's his house. I just live in it. So it is, you know, he is the love of my life. I am going to be, um, we're in the process of adopting another puppy. So we will be bringing it. Emmett needs a sibling, I think at this point at his, in his sunset years. Um, so anyway, that, but yes, I am a proud dog parent for, for life. And Joanna is a new one. Oh I gosh. am a brand new one. Yeah. What kind of dog? Uh, she's a Bernadoodle. Oh um, my God. So and she is very cute. And she has the personality of my very cute yet sassy um, seven-year-old daughter. So <laughs> it's amazing how she's already, ad- they've adopted each other's personalities. <laughs> oh my but goodness. She, she's very, very, very cute. So, I mean, I really can't complain. And she's just funny. Like uh, she, dogs are just funny. So they I'm, are I'm very entertained. <laughs> now the question is: Is she going to get her own Instagram? Uh, only if Cleo wants to know. That is a big fat no. Joanna doesn't even have her own Instagram. No. So I, like yeah. that's right. Maybe she can have like a little tiny page on our Instagram, but that's about all we can handle. <laughs> well, Doug is open for you know donating some of his. Um, you know, hand me down onesies and or just uh, hats. We we've got. I mean, we've got a closet that you guys know yeah, about. Yeah, you, so. you do have a collection. It's, yeah, we need to we need to put a photo of this closet in the show notes so people can see what this actually looks like. It's so insane. They would be they would be a little disappointed to see the state it's in. Halloween was kind of insane um, with just stuff everywhere, but it it stays organized for the most part. Oh my goodness! I believe that, Leslie. <laughs> So then over to the cheese category, since Leslie, you know, mother of Doug the Pug, I am mother of that cheese plate, which is an Instagram about cheese. Do you guys like cheese? And what is your favorite cheese? So this is also a funny question, because first of all, cheese is my preferred food um, of of all time. Um, Joanna is a vegan, but she's really a vegan because she's pretty much a fake vegan. Um, She definitely will eat some cheese and definitely all butter and some milk products. Um, So I I wouldn't say she's like crushing the vegan diet. Um, uh, I will also say this. Cheese is my absolute favorite food. So it's, but 
Derry is not does not love me back. So we're, that's where we Surprising are. But, because it because you eat a lot of it. So <laughs> and it does not love me back. But I still a have a infatuation for my old boyfriend cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna is a vegetarian who just doesn't eat eggs. If okay. I had to guess, okay. I don't what really, it would really drink be. milk. Yeah. You're no, a but you have plenty of things with milk in it. So time. okay, favorite cheese. If you could pick one, oh, what would it God, be? So many. Gouda, smoked gouda, mozzarella, right. buffalo mozzarella, oh, goat so cheese. Good. Um, oh, I, there's this one from San Francisco that I'm now, it's like a hard Parmesan. I, I can't think of the name of it now, Ooh. but it is, oh it'll come to me. Yeah. I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm cheese like a, connoisseur. I'm a, I love cheese. Yeah. So this is a painful topic for me. So thanks, thanks for touching on it. There of are course, some, yes. There are some good vegan cheeses. Like I do, I love cashew cheese. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really even good. matter. That's why she's a fake vegan. She's not interested. She will just have <laughs> most of the cheese on her pizza. Like, it's fine. It's really fine. And she can't tell, like, a waiter that she's vegan because then they'll, like, leave off the butter. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I want the butter. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, it's a complicated... It's a complicated relationship. What she's trying to say. say is that I'm a really fun time. Is that, is that <laughs> all that it boils down to here? I mean, you like cheese. How could you not be fun? It's, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> my favorite cheese, hands down, is Humboldt Fog. Absolute oh, so favorite, good. favorite, favorite cheese. Have you had Truffle Tremor, the uh, the truffle version? Oh, it's the what? it's basically Humboldt Fog, but infused with truffles. And it's so good. Oh, I love no, it. I mean, it's sense. honestly, I like every single cheese except for straight up blue cheese it, it yeah, literally yeah. any other cheese is good it, i am very happy with all the cheese well i love Hello. it well one of the things you know cheese plates bring people together dogs bring people together organizing brings people together because i'm telling you i love organizing so much to the point where if my apartment is out of whack i personally feel like i cannot function so i'm very excited for this conversation <laughs> It's going to be how I feel too. So good. Um, And for people listening um, who may have not heard of the home edit, although everyone should know the home edit, um, what's kind of like a little quick elevator pitch to explain what exactly you do? All right. (laughs) I will take it. Um, We started, I will say, as a full service home organization company, um, you know, in home organizing day in, day out. Um, and we still do have that as a huge tenant of our company. We have teams all over the country. Um, and, you know, home organizing is the what grounds our business and everything else that we do. We now also have a media component. We have a TV show on Netflix. We have two books. Um, we have a workbook, too, that has been published. Um, we also have our retail products. We have a line of consumer products that sold at the container store. We have our merch lines. Um, you know, we have all of those kind of things. We also have our content team, which is all of our partnerships, licenses, um, you know, collaborations, our social content side. I mean, we have a lot of pieces of our business at this point. I would say at, at this very moment, the home and it's considered more of a lifestyle brand. Um, than strictly in-home organization, but that's what it's all rooted in. We wouldn't have a line of products. We wouldn't have a TV show. We wouldn't have books. We wouldn't have anything if we were not organizers. And you know, all of that stems from, uh, you know, no one's asking our beauty tips, but no. we, we all, all of the other things that we do, our organizing brains inform all of those different pieces. So cool. So how did how did you guys start 
getting connected in the celebrity scene. Because I remember even when you came over, I think it was 2018 is when you did Doug's Closet. Yeah, you were um, telling us about some of the celebrity closets you had just organized and it was it just blew my mind. So how, how did that all come about? Because I know with Doug the Pug, that was one of our first ways of getting exposure was collaborating with, you know, influencers or celebrities and just kind of getting connected that way. Yeah. Um, Joanna also thinks this is like a very silly story, but it, or situation, I guess, but it just yeah. is what it is. Um, you know, I, as I said, I grew up in Los Angeles and, you know, you can't really like throw a rock in LA without hitting a famous person. So, um, you know, I either, I went to school with a bunch of people and then my kids started going to school with a bunch of celebrities. You know, it's just, this is the way of life in Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, you don't really think much about it until your business partner is like, what? That's insane. That's crazy. You don't just... So when we first started this company, I suggested... We started in August and in October, I was like, let's do a trip to LA and let's um, offer our services to some of my celebrity friends. And you know, we're not doing we're not asking for you know any kind of freebie we'll do the work if they can post about it on social and give us the asset to post about it and um we our first projects were with uh Christina Applegate, Selma Blair, um Marla Sokoloff and then a couple like big um like influencer Instagram kind of people so um you know that's really kind of how we started and the way honestly i know la i i you know know it very well and the second celebrities start posting about you all of a sudden celebrities beget other celebrities and the second we got back from that trip all of a sudden we had you know the next round we literally were back then in end of november, november. beginning of december yeah. <laughs> right to do we did jamie king and constant zimmer and uh some other oh um rebecca gayhart mm-hmm. um, and eric dane. dane and eric dane we, we just like it just starts to snowball you know yeah. and at, literally so we in our minds we were going to go to la maybe every quarter and we ended up going then every month and then it was like two times a month and it was to the point where in 2017, at the end of 2017, starting 2018, we were like, we need to have a team in LA. This is yeah. becoming insane. Um, we were living there. And at the time, not only were we living in LA pretty much, we were living at my parents' house. My, my parents like took us in and I was like living <laughs> in my old childhood bedroom. <laughs> Joanna had her own bedroom. I my did. mom let her like redecorate and repaint it. I mean, it was like getting absurd. So meanwhile, our husbands um, are at home raising our two young children <laughs> on each side. Yes. So, each, you know, there's that two young too. children. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it was, it was time, but you know, Joanna and I have always had that mindset in every aspect of this business, which is we have to put in so much sweat equity until, mm-hmm. until it's so insane. We can't keep our heads above water and then, you know, we, we start to branch out, but we just, yes, you know, we don't know any better. Like this is, we still are just so hyper involved with things because this just started as the two of us, you know, yes. literally in my living room. So yeah. we, it's hard yeah. to separate in, from that mindset still. It is. It is. And we've always been go, 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 go. You know, your moment doesn't last for very long. And if you even are so lucky to have a moment, keep your foot on the gas while, mm-hmm. while you can. And so at all costs, we've done that. Um, we still, been, I mean, we have a clock over our head. We know it. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. You know? We do. And we never take a day for granted. I mean, we know 
we are just the most fortunate people being able to do what we love and have other people seem to enjoy it. It's truly the greatest gift of one's life is to just be able to wake up and do what you love to do every single day and work with a best friend. I mean, Clea is my best friend. It's amazing. We're so lucky. Actually, one time someone said, what do you think the secret to your success is? And Joanna's (laughs) like, I think it's that we've never been friends. And I was like, (laughs) 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 I guess what she meant is that we didn't, start the business because like being friends, it was that we met, we're business partners. And like, now I wouldn't even say we're friends. We're like siblings, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we're family. But it's, yeah. it is so funny. I will never forget. It was like on the Today yeah. Show. Yeah. Like, oh like, my gosh. <laughs> I was That's like, so oh, we, we're not? <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. As many of our listeners know by now, I have endometriosis and recently underwent a big excision surgery for it. Two of my biggest and most important parts of healing have been my nutrition and stress, and not to mention getting enough protein, which is super hard when you're recovering from surgery and just, you know, everyday life. Did you know that the word protein comes from the Greek word proteos, which means of prime importance? Protein is super important. Organifi has made it so easy and convenient to help my inflammation and make sure that I am getting enough protein. All of their products are organic and glyphosate-free. Super important. I've personally been drinking the Organifi Gold every day. It's so good. Which has soothing ingredients and promotes rest and relaxation, a healthy immune response, and a healthy response to stress. I also put the Organifi Complete Protein in my smoothies, which is an organic vegan protein powder and multivitamin with digestive enzymes. It has 20 grams of protein, all in one delicious, easy-to-mix shake. I've been healing so well, and I'm so grateful for these products, and they're just so good. I truly have them every single day. You can take 20% off all Organifi products by using the code DIVINGIN at Organifi.com or go to Organifi.com slash diving in. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. I hope you guys love these products as much as I do. Let's take it from the top though. Like, can you guys tell us how you ended up in Nashville? Sure. Um, so Joanne and I actually have the same story of how we ended up here. Um, both of our husbands um, had career opportunities involving moving to Nashville Neither of us had ever been. We had not stepped foot in Nashville before. For some reason, we both said yes, moved here, sight unseen. Like, it's really weird of the the lengths that we both went to in terms of moving here. I mean, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I had never been to Nashville. I'd never even been to a state bordering Tennessee. So (laughs) it was a a real unexpected um, journey for me. But... um, we both kind of had that. Joanna moved from San Francisco yeah. and it was it was a very similar situation. But Joanna, add add in whatever I Yeah. Guess. I mean, the only thing is, is I did not grow up in LA, but I did live in California since college. Um, but I grew up in North Carolina and but I had never stepped foot in Nashville. And my husband exactly Clea's story. Husband That's got wild. a job opportunity and in six I was pregnant with my second, and in six weeks from the time he got the text, we moved. Um, and I had mm-hmm. my second child in Nashville. Yeah. We were, we were about two months from the time that it was like the first thought bubble was kind of floated. And then we moved, it was, that was in end of February. We moved beginning of May. So my gosh, 
I know. I think if you have too much time to think about it, you probably yeah. would say no. You would. So, and not, not because both- it's natural, just, it's just like a very, you know, I mean, Joanna actually at least moved closer to her family. Right. I left my entire family. You know, I was literally born and raised many generations in LA. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just like a crazy thing, like to, to be leaving, you know? You knew I was waiting for you here. That's why. You just knew it. That's why <laughs> I did. Yeah. So did you guys know each other before you moved to Nashville? Have you been no. friends for, you met in Nashville? We met through, so Joanna thinks this story is weird, but yeah. it's just the truth. I moved to Nashville. I had no friends. I had no job. I had no anything to do. And I did what any like rational person in their thirties would do in this day and age, which is friend date on Instagram. So I like, you know, I, I didn't have anything to do again. So I started this blog, um, about my experience every day being in Nashville. It's, it was, it's no longer, but it was called I'm Southern now. And, but it's like, it has a a bunch of like local Nashville, like I followed them, they followed me, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then I became kind of online friends with my now very good friend, Leah. And Leah and I finally took our online friendship. (laughs) You know, we we like met in a IRL situation. Um, We had lunch and I told her my dream was to really, you know, start an organizing company. And she said, wait a minute, that's so crazy. I have a friend named Joanna. She moved from San Francisco and she had an organizing company and she's restarting it in Nashville. You guys should get together and talk. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally, this is everything. This is meant to be. And Leah told Joanna the same thing. And Joanna did not think it was meant to be. Joanna said, absolutely not. (laughs) I am perfectly fine on my own. I don't need anyone. I'm great. And I was like, "Mm, okay, well, can we at least get lunch together? And um, she agreed to lunch, but like Joanna has like a revisionist mind. Like my husband also says that it was love at first sight. And I was like, no, I pursued you for a while. So like (laughs) Joanna was like, has the same thing where she's like, no, I a hundred percent agree to lunch. I was so happy to have a new friend. I was like, really? Because you were hosting a party later that week that Leah invited me to. And you told her, no, I couldn't. It was a networking business party for my organization. It was a networking party and she didn't want me to come. Fine. Totally fine. Um, anyway, I'm the friendly one. So we yeah, ended up yes. having lunch. Um, I had to beg her to have no, lunch with me. There was no begging. I had to, not begging, but I had to twist that arm just a little bit. And um, anyway, the second we sat down for lunch, we didn't really even ask any surface questions, any, anything. We were just like, what are your skills? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What could be duplicative? Like, tell me about your work ethic. And we just kind of ended up as business partners that day. So, um, yeah. And we started that night. So we like to say it was, you know, we started our company in one day, but the truth is it was like eight hours. So we had lunch, we went home after a four hour lunch, our wheels were turning. We were giving our kids baths, but like texting back and forth about uh, company names and, you know, all the different kind of things. And that night we got our social handles. We came up with the home edit name. We started drawing our logo. We started filling out paperwork um, we got our website domain. We just kind of did it immediately. I love that. When you know it's right, it's just like there's there's some energy that comes over you where you're just like, this is meant to be and this is so easy. You know, there's no like friction happening. Yeah. I love yeah, that. It was seamless. I mean, it was wild. And the second I met Clea, I was like, oh, 100% I'm in. You know, it, it yeah. really, she didn't twist my arm at all mm-hmm. once I met her. I mean, I was That's really true. all, all in. 
I love that. Did you guys have any other companies before the home edit that were similar? I mean, Joanna, you said you had a organizing company before. I did. It was it was a little bit of organizing, but it was a lot of other stuff too. It was in San Francisco and it was I was doing the project creative projects for busy people, basically, was the umbrella. Oh, cool. Um, so organizing was only one of the arms of it, but when I moved to San Francisco, when I left San Francisco, I decided I only want to do the organizing piece because that is the most fun piece. And it's, it's magical how much it can transform people's lives. Um, and so I dropped the rest of the parts of the business and just only went into focus on that once I moved here, but I was just trying to get started when I met Clea. So I abandoned that ship and then we formed the home edit. Wow. And I'm, I can imagine that, you know, running that business in San Francisco probably prepared you so much for, you know, what was to come with the home edit. Did you learn a lot from that? I did. I did. I've had a couple other small businesses before too. I don't know. My family's really entrepreneurial. And so I, in my mind, I'm like, of of course I have to always have my own business. I don't know. It was just never, I, I really don't know, but that's just always sort of in my mindset too. So it's never, it's never scared me to have my own business in those ways, but yeah, I have learned a lot and a lot of failures too along the way, which, you know, I think ultimately is is how you grow. So oh, yeah. plenty of failures and, you know, Clea and I still have our failures with things, but mm-hmm. I am grateful for all of them because I feel like that's what's made us keep improving and moving moving forward. Yeah, we always say rejection is redirection. You know? That's right. <laughs> it's it's true. And I never had my own business before the home edit. So um, I was always terrified of it. Not even terrified of it, actually. It was not anything I ever contemplated. Like I was just someone who always worked for companies. And um, I went to college in New York City and started interning, you know, at the age of 18. And in fashion houses, I I went to Parsons School of Design. So that was kind of my um, trajectory. And I you know, I was like born into that system. So I never thought otherwise. It was like, yes, you, you go from one company to another company and you try and get bigger and better as you go. And that was a very New York kind of way. It's like, whether you worked in fashion or an editorial or whatever it is, it's like the way you got your next bigger job was by moving companies, you know, and it was just like not a a concept to me really to own your own company, which is interesting because much like Joanna, my entire family background, everyone has been an entrepreneur. So there's really no one's ever worked for another person. I was like (laughs) the only one. Um, So moving to Nashville, it was just like, wow, there isn't the traditional industries that I've ever worked in. I've really worked mostly in fashion my whole life. And um, don't judge my parents today. But I, I've really mostly, you know, worked in fashion, but also in um, definitely like startups and like on the tech side to like for a website that uh, is primarily an online consignment in, in the luxury market. And like, so there, I just didn't have an industry to fall into. I don't work in music. I don't work in healthcare or anything like that. And my husband, who is an entertainment photographer, his natural tie-in was going from the entertainment that's in Los Angeles to the music business in Nashville and, you know, doing album covers and all that kind of stuff. So I just didn't have that industry. And I just figured, what am I passionate about? What am I really good at? What have people been telling me I'm really good at my whole life? Maybe I should just turn it into a company. So that that's wow. kind of how I came about this. That's wow. so great. You guys Love really that. carved your own path. I mean, what what year was it that you went 
to that um, lunch and started all of this? August 2005. I'm wow. sorry, August 2015. No. 2005 yeah. was when I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, long time. It's like the same kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I met my husband in 2005, met Joanna in 2015. Yeah. But 2015, wow. six years. Like that's such a huge growth in mm-hmm. six years. I mean, it's funny because like we talk about social media a lot on this podcast and how nowadays on TikTok, someone can go viral overnight with like, you know, one video, but that fades after an hour a day, you know, a week, something like this that you've been building since 2015. And it was that slow build and then had this moment where it was like momentum it's so much better that way because then you have like, you know, your entire brand and you've worked through different chapters of your business and you got to this point where now you are at this next level and you know how to handle that versus like someone who just had it happen in in a it didn't, like in a day essentially, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, we have cultivated our base mm-hmm. for a long, I mean, not a long time. Six years is a very short amount of time. Six years in on the internet is a long time. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little bit like dog years or we need to I know, I was going to say that's too on the yeah. nose to say that. I know, that's what I was asking. I was <laughs> like, no, I, no I, offense I, to I Doug. Refrained, like, but, I don't, yeah. Right. Um, but it is, you know, you know how it is on the internet. It's like it, things live for a, a blip. So um, it has been really gratifying, really wonderful that we have found a real community of people who apparently like this kind of stuff, um, which is which is great. And um, and it's also, you know, I I do see people who blow up on TikTok in like one second and things like that. And I'm like, wow, that's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but it's just, you know, we're we're not those kind of people. We're the we're the people who I don't, I don't think we're going to go like viral for anything. We just want to be recognized for all the things that we yeah. do, you know, that have a a larger kind of lasting umbrella. There's more longevity in that with pioneering a movement like this. Like you were the or like the home edit was the original um organizational aesthetically beautiful color organized Instagram account on the internet. Like hands down, you guys were the first to start this. With every movement of a trend, there are people who try to do the same thing. Um, I know Leslie has seen this multiple times with Doug. I've seen this multiple times with charcuterie, especially in the last year or so. How do you kind of go about um, dealing with seeing people copying your idea and not taking it personally? So I'm going to answer this in a couple different ways. At the very, very beginning, when we were just, you know, the first year or two, you know, you spend a lot of time like screaming into a pillow. Like it's like, you know, it, it, it yeah. like hurts. Cause you're like, yes. Oh, like I'm trying to make a name for myself. And it's like, if, if everyone's doing the same exact thing, like, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to self-distinguish? How am I, you know, and you do take things really personally. And I think that's just the start, like the growing pains of starting something yes. mm-hmm. as we've grown, especially when the first book came out. Um, the first book came out in March of 2019. God, that feels not that long ago. That's so crazy. Things have really changed in the last couple of years. Um, so when our first book came out, at that point, we were at like a deep breath, like we're putting all this out into the world. And the thing is, when you put it all out into the world, people are going to try and emulate and and look at what's working and and do it for themselves. And I actually think that that's a really normal thing. And I know at the very beginning, it felt like like a personal attack, but it's not. It's people seeing something that's working and seeing a formula, whether it's two business partners, women in the workplace who are making fools of themselves on Instagram stories, but creating really beautiful work on, you know, on the internet, whatever. 
whether it's that or whether it's like, wow, that's a really good idea for how to store something, how to set something up. I'm just going to look at their pantries and try and create a similar pantry. Whatever that is, if we're putting it out into the world, who are we to say that 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 people can't put their own spin on something, you know? And I think that that's in life. I'm sure that's what we all kind of do. And I think maybe that's just part of maturity and part of age and part of just being like, you know what? We are public people. We have a public company. We're, we have books and TV shows that show everyone how to organize. We have a show saying, get organized. How on (laughs) earth could we possibly want to, you know, hold anyone back from doing that? And I think at this point, you know, we're, we know that especially our television show, maybe our Instagram account to a certain extent, but our television show has definitely launched 10 million organizers. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. The more organizing people can do out in the world, the happier the world will be. So I, I am, I am thrilled for all of them. And I've learned in my life to just, we just have to focus on keep like doing better ourselves and doing Mm -hmm. more and more and more. And putting our stake in the ground. And at this point, I don't look at my peripheries. I think it's just about really cultivating what we've grown and feeling really confident about it and really passionate about the work that we do in any particular vertical and knowing that that's, that's fantastic. Like who could ask for anything more? That's, that's my right. long-winded answer. I, and I echo exactly what you said. I think that's exactly right. In the beginning, you take it so personally because each thing is you know, there's nothing to compare it to and you, you do take it so deeply, but now it feels like truly a compliment and it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And if if people are inspired to do this themselves, that's incredible. Right. And it's like, I remember the thing that I used to take most personally at the beginning was we really tried to develop a different form of labeling and I hand labeled everything painstakingly. I'm sure Doug has my hand labels in his closet. And, you know, that's my handwriting. And I, it was so, it made me crazy that people were trying to copy my handwriting. Like it feel, it felt like forgery or something, mm-hmm. you know, that it was like, wait, no, that's literally my handwriting. And now, well, we sell labels with my font, you know, with, we turned my handwriting into a font and now we, it, so it's like, even that is like, you know, you have to be like, look, this is all out in the universe. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hope everyone has success. Like, wouldn't the world be a better place? So that's that's how I feel about it. I love that. Yeah, it's like all about abundance mindset, you know, versus lack. Like, just knowing that there's space for everyone and everyone's a different person and you all have different experiences and different hobbies and interests and creativity. So it's like, even if someone is trying to copy you, they are not you. And that's something that I feel like has been a big learning curve through this whole influencing thing. Um, Because yeah, it's like with cheese by numbers, which is my method to building a cheese plate. It's very similar to organizing where you organize in each section of items on the plate. I literally have a book that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to make a cheese board. Of course, you're going to go make the same cheese board. Like there's no reason why I should get mad at that. Yeah. Right. right. I know, but it's, it is this weird thing. I mean, I totally understand it. Cause I, I feel like now I'm at a place where all I can do is focus on all the things that we're doing and mm-hmm. be, be happy and proud of anyone that has again, success in this world and how, how wonderful, you know? And yeah. I think that, but still Joanna and I, our method to our madness is we've just never stopped. And I think that that helps you not look at your neighbor or like mm-hmm. look or, you know, across the street or around the corner. It's like really focused on just 
doing our very freaking best every single day. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about just being really grateful that you guys get to do this for a living every day. I know that, you know, when those thoughts kind of come in or I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see someone literally copying the exact pose and outfit and everything (laughs) that we've done or merch that looks exactly the same, it's like I acknowledge that I'm feeling these things and then I can just kind of sit in the gratitude and be like, I am so grateful. Like I have like the most insane dream life that I could have ever imagined. Like I don't want to let this energy take up any more time and then it just passes. Right. But, and that's right. and you're, you're exactly right too, because it is, everyone has an, a, a limited amount of energy. So how you decide to spend it is up to you. Um, and when you do get focused on someone else, that, that is an energy suck and that could be mm-hmm. energy poured into your own work instead. And, right. you know, you do have to remind yourselves and I have to remind, remind myself sometimes too, because, you know, it sneaks up sometimes and then you're like, this is absurd. This is absurd. Let's mm-hmm. put our head down and just go back to what we're grateful for. Right. Exactly. I love that so much. So I want to hear from you guys what it was like to see and feel the insane reaction to your Netflix show? What was it like finding out about the Netflix show? Um, I just have this really vivid memory. I think I texted you guys after this happened, but the show came out. It was number one. Everyone in the freaking world that I knew was posting about your show. And we went to the container store because we like needed a bin for like a Doug thing. And the line was wrapped around the Green Hills Mall and like everyone was like holding something, the home edit or like it wasn't even a signing, but everyone was just so ready to get their hands on your products. Um, So yeah, what was the moment like when all of this just like absolutely (laughs) surreal? Yeah, I just I, I don't know. Clea, do you have any words? I mean, I will say when leading up to the show release, you know, you think it's going to be a big thing because it's Netflix and just anything Netflix powers feels big. Um, But leading up to it, we were like, you know, it's COVID. Like, is it going to feel like the show came out? Like we're not doing traditional press in New York and we're not, you know, we're not like doing all the things that you like, even when our book came out in March of 2019, it was like, you know, you had a book tour, you had all these things and it felt so exciting. Um, we actually found out we got the Netflix show mm-hmm. on the fir- on our publishing date of our first book. So at that New York City first yep. day book tour, we got the call that I remember. we were going to get a Netflix show. My parents it were was, in the hotel room with me. Oh I just remember gosh. getting that call and I was like, oh my, my mind couldn't even process it all because I'm like, we're on this book tour for this book. Like, I don't even know how we got here. And I can't handle any more crazy news. Like I, my body's going to burst open. It was. And we did burst open to, to be clear. Um, but having our show come out, we were like, I don't know, is it, are we going to, are we going to feel it? You know, like, like COVID is like things are happening in such bubbles and, um, yes, we felt it. Uh, so the, the millisecond the show came out, our Instagram went insane. Our email went insane. Uh, China actually hacked our website. Like, I mean, we like everything. It was, we, it was insane. Like we had to go and like hide under a blanket. It was (laughs) so crazy. And every single person we've ever known has come out of the woodwork. People from third grade that I'm like, who are you? I have no idea. I mean, Mm -hmm. to every company reaching out, like it just, our, our inboxes went 
I can't even describe it. There really aren't any words. I've never experienced anything like it before. And I don't think we ever will again. I think when season two comes out, I hope people love it. Um, I think it's season one, but better. Um, so I think, I hope people love it, but I, I just feel like you don't get that initial burst onto a scene again. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like we had so many millions and millions, and millions of people see the show the first time. I can't imagine there are that many more millions and millions of people <laughs> they missed, you know? Yeah. That <laughs> like, like organizing. I, I, <laughs> right. I feel, I feel like they pretty much captured. <laughs> so, so I'm sure it's not going to feel like that. I hope that people really love the show. Um, but I think the first time you, that was like our moment of going viral. Like that was yeah. like our, that, that single moment of feeling like, oh my God, that was mind blowing. Um, yeah. Apparently we had the largest social growth of like a new, like Netflix show that they had seen since like Stranger Things. So like, I mean, it was, Amazing. it was just, chills. it was that fast. Like wow. it just, it was crazy. It's so overwhelming too. You're just like, my brain is buzzing. I can't sleep. I'm just like, <laughs> it was so wild. It was insane. So Joanna and I thought, okay, the show comes out and that weekend, the weekend after the show came out, um, the show came out on, I think a Tuesday. Tuesday. Or it comes on a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Tuesday the ninth. And then, um, my husband and I had like a weekend getaway planned at Blackberry farm. Um, thinking like, let's celebrate the fact that the show came out. Uh, no, you do not get to go away the weekend your show comes out on Netflix because the first weekend is like the most important weekend. I tried to go on a bike ride and had like the the Netflix publicist or the people in marketing like like helicopter down and like take me away <laughs> oh back God. to Wi-Fi. So um, I love that I just said like a bike ride as though I do that. No, it was like the first bike ride I've been on in like 10 years. So, um, but anyway, I just was like trying to like have like a nice little Saturday. No. Um, it, but I mean, my God, what, what a crazy thing. I just, you would never know. No, you yeah, just was... couldn't expect it. Yeah. What were your kids' reactions to like seeing you on TV? Was it funny? Yeah. Um, it was pretty funny, actually. I mean, Joanna, do you have anything specific? N- nothing specific. I mean, all of it was such a blur. It feels like, you know, when you, I don't know if you're married, but I, when you get married, um, I know Leslie, you are, but I, but it's all such a blur. Like you can barely remember, like, you know, people were there, you know, it all mm-hmm. happened, but it's all such a blur. That's how I feel about the entire month that the show came out. Like, I don't even remember my children's individual reactions. Cause it just, <laughs> I, I, it was such a blur. Oh my God. I remember mine. Um, because their friends were all like obsessed with the show and they would like tell me their favorite clips and their favorite episode. And, like they would like reenact like Neil Patrick Harris's daughter's reaction. And like, it was crazy. And Stella, who again, grew up in Los Angeles for the first part of her life. And now in Nashville goes to school with a lot of celebrities, kids loves to show me like the cover of like people magazine, you know, with like X, Y, Z person on it. And she's like, so-and-so's mom is famous, mommy, not you. And I'm like, I'm not saying I am. I am. I never said I am. But um, so it was kind of crazy. I feel like as soon as we got on Netflix, it was like a different kind of street cred, you know? Yeah. And my kids oh, are like, hmm, hmm. Okay, you're legit now, mom. Is- it's cool. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was definitely very interesting to watch. Wow. That's just amazing. Um, so 
on Diving In, we like to, we're big mental health advocates. We're like, go therapy, love to dive in about mental health. And like Marissa touched on earlier, we feel like organizing and mental health goes so hand in hand. Um, is that something that you guys feel like, you know, was one of the starting factors for your business? You found that, you know, when you were organizing, you just felt like you had that control. And I know, you know, during COVID with your show, even it just like, I, I think everyone can feel how much of a positive impact it has on their day to day life. Well, organization is a form of self care. You know, it is something that we do to not just clear our space, but a clear space means a clear mind. Um, it gives, you know, helps with clarity and a sense of control and uh, grounding. And, you know, the some of the stressful things that we experience, at least that I experience, if my home doesn't feel like my sanctuary, you know, and, and my perfect kind of space, I feel untethered. And like a sense of like, it's not just a lack of control. It's like a lack of uh, a sense of being, you know, I don't, you know, some people might call it nesting or whatever it is, but you know, I, I need my nest to always feel calm and Zen. And the way that that works for me is through organization. I think that a lot of people have discovered that that works for them too. It's nice to just feel like everything has a place and a home to know where everything is, to know physically what you own and to know that you don't own anything you don't want because you've carefully gone through and curated and reorganized. And, you know, organization is also, it's, there's a maintenance with it. You know, it's not a one and done kind of thing, um, which is, I think the beauty of it because it allows you to reconnect to your space over and over and over again and feel a, a real sense of not just control, but of ownership, not because it's your home, but because you have commanded that spot, designated that spot, designated this amount amount of space, um, hold yourself accountable. You know, it's it's an ongoing system of um, it, it's a practice. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's it's not a one and done thing. I think that yes. it definitely takes the most energy and effort at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but so is you know, if you lose weight, congratulations, you've lost the weight. But now there's a maintenance program attached to it. So it's the same thing with organizing. That's right. That's exactly right. And it is, it's so satisfying. And it seems like, I mean, it, it's the best bang for your buck as far as mental health for us. I mean, you really don't have to put in that much and the amount of ongoing satisfaction and, and uh, just time that it saves is incredible. I mean, it's just, the, yeah. it's, the, the reward is so great for the amount of energy and it's, that it it's really. Amazing for a household too, or a family, a couple, whatever it is. It's it's really therapeutic, and to do it together, to not have to bicker and fight about where something goes, where to find something, you know, to to have that as a family activity. It also, I mean, I've been a long advocate of organizing counts as cardio, and it does. <laughs> it gives you that level of endorphin. I mean, I can I can clock a couple of miles on a Saturday in my house, just like yeah. like putting yeah. a million things away all over the place. It's you know, it's just it is. It's therapy. It it it's is. Great. It totally is therapy. And when I feel like I'm stressed out, I. I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I'm all of a sudden organizing something like as I'm trying to like clear my head. I, I and uh, I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. And then I'm like, oh, look, this is how I respond to yeah. stress. Joanne this and I, I will always will always be on conference calls, and either one of us will be organizing something because like we'll be having a call that's like stressful, 
And sometimes I'll have to be like, Joanna, can you like not organize your change drawer right now? Or like, you know, it's like, can you do stuffed animals? I know. Do you guys have, do you guys have a junk drawer in your kitchen? I feel like everyone does, but I'm curious. Is it organized? We have a multi-purpose. Yeah. I call it my general drawer, um, but multi-purpose drawer. um, No, it's completely organized. There's no job. I need to learn. I need to learn. There's just no job. There's no room for it. You know, that's yeah. true. A junk drawer like is that. the easiest thing to organize. It's the lowest hanging fruit in your entire home. Yes. Like how many business cards do you still need of someone that you're <laughs> never going to call? Or like, it's you know, so like mismatched pencils and pens. Yeah, right. Just like, key. it's so easy and it's actually super satisfying because you use that drawer on the regular. Yeah. It's crazy how much room you gain when you organize. You know, it's like people always say we need to move. And I'm like, you don't need to move. You have amazing space. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Yes. Are you kidding all me? All the time. People yes. all the time are like, wow. this house has no storage. I'm like, it's full of storage. You're just not using it appropriately. Yeah. And yeah. you need to clear out some of this stuff, but you have an amazing amount of storage for what you have, you know, right. on our, on our next podcast called, they should have asked us, um, the, we, they should have, and we would have told them that their shelf space at the top of their closet is completely open and vacant. So, um, yeah. Wow. Have you it's guys interesting, had, like, the, oh, wait, go ahead. Or, I was just going to ask if you guys have had any, like, real-life stories that have just, like, really moved you of people, you know, sending in, you know, like, you guys, the organization skills you taught me have changed my life. Anything Oh, like gosh. Oh, a million. Wait, yeah. You can't even believe how many people wow. DM us, email and us. young kids, honestly. Yes. That's the most like, shocking piece. Yes. The amount of young kids that have realized that this is something that it helps them. It, it makes them feel good in a way that like, I don't think that they knew that this existed, you know? And like, I mean, we had one story in particular that stands out to me, but I mean, honestly, there've been so many. Um, but this one particular girl has had, um, I would say, uh, different types of issues over and over again has been in different types of like, you know, um, equestrian therapy and like all sorts of things to kind of manage a lot of her, her social issues and her, uh, she has different kinds of imbalances and they have literally had her in therapy for like 20 years. And she has, you know, she hasn't been able to go to college. Like she hasn't been able to have a normal life. And her dad reached out and was like almost in tears because he's like, I finally found the one thing that worked for her that like connected her to something to make her like the light bulb go off. And now she, she is like a different person. You know, she's like a changed person. It changed her life and not us, but just untapping what she never knew was a thing, you know? And so again, it's like, we're just the vehicle to be like, Hey, look at, look at what you can do. But it's, it is really life-changing for someone who struggles with, especially people who struggle with OCD. Yeah, when I was going to say. They ha- mm-hmm. When they have an outlet, and Joanne and I don't use the term lightly. We both have had uh, many uh, encounters with obsessive compulsive disorders um, in our own life and, yes. um, and children who, who do as well. And it's, it's a real thing. And there's a lot of very like therapeutic um, elements of what we do that if someone is all of a sudden like, wow, this is an outlet for me and a way to express it in a way that feels really positive and not in a way that's making me like that's holding me back in life. It's a real game changer. Yeah. That's so it's so powerful. It really is. Do you ever find yourself like 
early on in the business, because you guys are both clearly such hard workers and hustle so hard. And I know for me, I used to work in the music industry. I toured with John Batiste, um, the musician, and I did not have a lot of time at home. And when I did, I would have like a suitcase like thrown on the floor, everything just kind of a mess. And then when I got the time to clean it up, I did feel obviously so much better. But in the early days when you guys were like running, doing all these things, going to LA, coming back and forth, did you feel like you had these moments where you kind of lost touch of your own personal organization because you're organizing so many clients? No. Good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say no, but I will say there are... My big, big, big issue is with suitcases. I at The second we get in, into a hotel room, I don't care if it's one o'clock in the morning, I need to unpack. I need to have the suitcase away. And I would say for me, where I get really stressed, where the rubber comes off the road is when I get home from a trip. Mm. It's like... If my suitcase, if I am not fully unpacked within 24 hours, I go insane and I'm like just stomping around. I'm in a bad mood. I'm, you know, and it, but it can be hard because it's like sometimes we get in late. Our kids are up that very next morning. We have to take them to school. We might have work that immediately starts. And I am just in the crankiest, grumpiest mood when my suitcase has exploded in my closet or in my bedroom. I am just. You know, I, and I say to my husband still every single time, I'm like, I'll get to it tonight. And he's like, I didn't ask. Like, it's like not like I'm not worried about this. Like, you, should, but I'm just like so stressed. And then my toiletries in the bathroom from this. Oh, oh yeah. The worst. yeah. And then sometimes Joanna and I end up having pretty back to back trips. So it's like we'll get back from something and then three days later we're leaving again. I'm like, yeah. what do I do? It's just <laughs> yeah. so stressful. It is stressful. That is really stressful. The back to back is really hard because I'm yes. like, well, I ended up not wearing this. Is does this make sense for the next trip? Should I just transfer it over? Is it worth unpack? And then I'm just I'm like driving myself nuts. And I'm like, I'm so sick of me. I just need a break from my own brain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's funny because I feel like with anything that involves self-care, there it that you have to include a priority like to it. You know, like whether you're meditating, whether you're cooking, like meal prepping, whether you're doing organizing, you have to make it a priority. It's not something that's always easy. But then when you do prioritize it, then that's when you can benefit from the self-care of it. Yeah, I got to I gotta prioritize this more. <laughs> Learning a lot this <laughs> I'm podcast. I'm like thinking of everything that I can organize after this. Rob and I love organizing together. We get our sneakers on and turn on the music and put all the lights on in the house and go to town. It's so um, much fun. It's, it's really, so fun. really fun. We'll like high five afterwards. We're like, look how clean the house is. It's so good. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. I, I love it. It makes me, me happy, too. honestly. Me too. Yeah. I just have the time. That's the yeah. issue. When I yeah. don't have the time yeah. and when things aren't perfect. Oh, like I've been on the road the past few, not even a few weeks. It's been like pretty back to back of all sorts of stuff since September. So I feel like I haven't, like there are certain things in my house that have gotten out of my control. Like my kids have gone to a birthday party and brought home goodie bags. And I'm like, what yeah. is all this crap everywhere? <laughs> you know, there's like that kind of stuff. And like, you know, they decorated for Halloween while I was gone. And now it's like, well, I didn't really approve that, but okay. No, I know. I I had to approve. I, things inside have to be approved by me. Things outside, I finally let it go. See, it's like compromise with kids too, because it's like not every child is going to be super organized. I mean, you can teach them to be, but they're kids. So it's like, how do you kind of balance that like love and need for order and organization? And then 
a kid who's just like, woohoo, confetti. Um, yeah. It's well, hard, no, but no we confetti have... at our house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that rule. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we have rules. They live in our house. So yeah. um, they have to they have to abide by the rules. We're not always the most fun moms, but it is it is an activity that we do around here is organize your room with mom. Love that. So, Love you know, that. Make it fun, you know? Absolutely. Got the best, best. best mom to do it Totally. With. Um, so Marissa and I just started on this venture together, this podcast. Um, I would love to hear from you guys, any tips that you might have on building a business, you know, together and with, with a friend. Well, um, Joanna would say the best thing is to not be friends. <laughs> yeah, we're not, so, we're actually not friends. We don't know each other. Yeah. We, I, we just met with our love of podcasts. <laughs> well, I, here's what I think. I think the best thing that's ever happened is that Clea and I realized a long time ago that to accept each other for who the other person just is through and through. And maybe every quality isn't, you know, you're like, oh, here she goes again. And I mean, I'm saying that mostly about me because I know the things that would probably drive Clea crazy about or do or whatever. But I, I think just truly understanding that having the mutual respect and trust in the friendship and the partnership that no one is going to do something that's deceitful, that's intentionally harmful, mm-hmm. that's intentionally rude. You only, there's the only things that could be uh, go wrong is a mistake or a, a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And once you have that as the framework, everything else mm-hmm. opens up because you don't waste any time being like, what does she mean by that? Why did she say it like that? There, there's none of that. It, there's either a, a misunderstanding or it's a non-issue. So I think that's been so powerful for both of us is that it's just never been an issue. Like we just don't have We've never wasted a time on like an argument, you know, Mm -hmm. because in the very early days, I specifically remember one moment where Joanna was on this like shake situation where she would like be (laughs) making shakes and everywhere and like it was just like bubbling out and it like looked like like a protein shake not good yeah (laughs) like a protein shake but it was made with like split pea or something I don't know it was pretty gross and I made fun of her shake I teased her about her shake I think I said it looked like a bubbling brook of vomit or something I don't know but anyway it was pretty gross and she burst into tears this is at Shake Shack um in Los Angeles we were um she burst into tears and I was like oh my god what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but again, like these, these are the fights that we've had, you know, like non-consequential fights because at the end of the day, we're, it just, you know, you can excuse a lot of things when you're like, I know that she meant literally nothing by it. Like there was not actually an act of, of, you know, will or anything, yeah. right? There was no malintent. Um, so again, you know, people misspeak, people step in it sometimes or whatever, but it's like, if you can just dismiss it and be like, rude or whatever, you're done, you know? And I feel like that's really helped us. We never, we also are, we just, I don't know. We we just have a weird ability to be around each other a lot too. So I I think that that's our own bizarre weirdness. Like we will be (laughs) gone for like two weeks and then be like, do you want to have like lunch tomorrow? I mean, like, I don't understand. It's just weird. (laughs) But, um, my husband thinks we're psychotic. Like for the yeah. longest time, <laughs> Joanna and I opted to share a hotel room. Oh, until and this even, year. Until this year, actually. And then even now we're like, well, okay, maybe that's a little much. Why don't we, but we need adjoining rooms and no one's oh, allowed yeah. to close the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have adjoining rooms now. It's only because we need our own bathroom. It's too hard to get both get ready at the same time. 
I love that. Morning routines. Joanna has like a whole like bar class workout on the floor of our hotel room. And um, for years, I would like walk by as she's like in like her sweaty clothes, like holding like like water bottles, doing like, you know, things (laughs) on like towels on the floor. And I'm like, I needed to shower. Can I like have a towel back? Like it was just like, it got to the point where we needed our own spaces for that, but not, not our own privacy. So yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. I, it reminded me a lot of Leslie and I when you guys were talking about your first mm-hmm. meeting together because we've been friends for years, but Leslie called me up in April of this year about this podcast and we had the name, the website, the idea, like potential guests, themes, all in the span of like 24 hours. It just happened so easily. So I love hearing that that happened with you guys too because you know when something feels right, you know that you just have to follow it and can't really second guess, you know? Totally. Oh, Joanne and I do not second guess no. anything. When we've made mistakes, but shockingly few, considering how much we just literally dive into everything that we do. Yeah. Diving in, baby. Here we go. <laughs> it, it all it all comes down to respect and intention. And you you know, you both have the intention to to help people. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So um you guys are super inspiring and I'm really grateful to know you both and um very grateful that you came on our podcast. This was so, such a of great course. conversation. Oh, we're I, so I excited about this. Yay, thank you. Yeah, we, we, we need to, to, we need to actually here. do something. COVID yeah, let's get together is, at you know, IRL. Right. We're getting Joanna got her booster today. I'm getting one on oh, Friday. Yes. We are yeah. we are good to hang. We I I am in I am here. So Douglas and the whole the whole gang. We should definitely do something. Amazing. And Marissa, it was so right. nice to meet you. Yes, yeah, so nice to meet you guys too. Honestly, you both are such inspirations and mm-hmm. I cannot wait for the world to hear this this episode. So where can people find you on Instagram at the home edit? What do you, what do you have coming out? Um, we have our second season coming out, um, in not that much longer. Um, I would say spring, um, all of our handles are at the home edit, TikTok, Instagram, all of it. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of diving in. This show is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is by Rob Schinelli. As always, if you liked this episode, please share us with your friends and family and give us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button to be reminded when a new episode comes out. If you have any questions for the show, our email is info at divingin.community. To stay up to date with all things Diving In, you can follow us on Instagram at DivingInPod or visit us online by going to DivingIn.Community. See you next time.